All right. Let's dive in a bit here today. Uh, I got a thought that I want to share with you. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to get you right back out there shopping. And, um, and, um, but I do feel like God's given me a thought here today. And it's about the original, <clears throat> original uh, Christmas season. There was this uh, evil, evil king, and uh, he feared that his throne, his power, was going to be um, overtaken. So much so that he tries to kill off Jesus by having all the boys, two years and younger, killed. Now, that's, guys, that's some crazy right there. <clears throat> In the middle of all that, God sends this amazing sign for those. Now, listen very closely to what I'm saying, for those looking for him. Um, and I believe that God's going to send a sign here today for somebody. But let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, I want to talk about the original sign. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says, um, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, uh, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been king, born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem was as well. And when he had heard, uh, when he had called together, uh, King Herod called together all of his uh, all of the people's chief priests and all the teachers of the law, all those people that are smart about scripture, uh, and had memorized scripture from the time they were just 10 years old and, and, and studied it, and, and they know it very, very well. He asked them to all come, and he says, hey, where's the Christ, where is the Christ going to be born? And so it says, in Bethlehem, Judea, so they replied, uh, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them ex the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, King Herod did, the Magi. He sends them to Bethlehem and he says, go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, don't do nothing else. As soon as you find him, report to me. So that I too may go and worship him. How many know that's what he wanted to do? <clears throat> These magi, they had come, they, they, they came a, a very very long way. In fact, some scholars say that they traveled over a thousand miles. Now, guys, that's a long ride on a camel um, to come seek and worship a child. These magi must—they—they they must have known Dan Scripture, um, because I think it took more than just reading and knowing Scripture. Um, before jumping on the back of a camel and riding for a thousand miles. I think, I think that these magi believed. I think they believed the scripture. And I'm not talking about 
believe like we throw around believe. I'm talking about jumping on the back of a camel believe. They believed enough to stop the course of their life and whatever plans they had, whatever projects that, that were going in the time, uh, whatever holiday it was, whatever the hustle and bustle was of the season, whatever they had going on, I think that they believed enough to stop all of that, pack up enough food and clothing and some gifts and jump on a camel and go follow a star. Because they just believed they believed when they finally got there that they were going to meet, that they were going to encounter the king of kings, that they were going to encounter this child king, the savior of the world. In Matthew chapter two, verse nine, the next verse, it says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and listen to me, and the star they had seen in the east <laughs> went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where Jesus was. Now, let, let's recap that for a minute. God made a star move. So while they traveled, they could follow the star. You, that, that's the best GPS ever, by the way. <laughs> on, on star, huh? <laughs> then God made the star stand still over Jesus. Once they had reached their destination, you have arrived at your destination. My, my GPS, I use Waze, and you can record your voice in it, and Crystal has put her voice in my GPS. And so um, that's the one time I have to listen to her. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Rerouting, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about the star stuff. I don't know how this happened. I don't want to talk about the science of it. I want to talk about the fact that God has this incredible encounter with these magi. If you're here under the sound of my voice today and you need a real encounter from God in your life, I want you to be, I don't know if, if we got any people gutsy enough to do this, but I just want you if, you, if you need a real encounter from God today, I just want you to raise your hand in the building here today, all across the building, all across the building, yes. I guarantee you this, those magi, <laughs> those magi never forgot that encounter. I'll bet that they shared that with everyone that they came in contact with. I... <laughs> I'll bet, I'll bet that, that, oh my God, here comes grandpa again. He's gonna tell us about the story about encountering Jesus, about riding on that camel uphill both ways. <laughs> Talking about their encounter, his encounter with Jesus. Listen to me. I want you to listen close. When you truly when you truly encounter Jesus, you'll never forget it. Everything changes when you encounter Jesus. One of the reasons that I believe in, in, in the birth of Jesus Christ is that he's personally and completely changed my life. 
The Pentecostal church building that I received the Holy Ghost in is no longer a church building, but I could go right now today to that building today and stand in the very spot where Jesus Christ encountered me for the very first time. I'll never forget it. And if I would be so bold, and I won't be today, but if I would ask some of you to come up here and share the first time that you encountered Jesus, I could stop this message now and be the best message we ever did. Listen, we love to sing about his birth around this time of year, soft and tender songs about a baby lying in a manger, silent night, holy night. And what was really happening, guys, in the spirit world was a war. A war was being raged. And God himself is charging forward, full steam ahead, right at the enemy, right right at the devil himself. Because Jesus came to save his people from a devil's hell. This child's birth was huge. For us, it actually became the dividing line of all history. We, we can look at our calendars all over the world and we see this event uh, becomes the dividing line for our history, B.C., A.D. Oh, man, Christmas. There, there's an unforgettable encounter right there. What other events can we point to that could come even remotely close to that and the effects that it had and has had? If you're old enough, some of you here today will never forget watching your black and white TV as the very first man walked on the moon in 1969. How many remember that? If you're out here today, you remember that? I'll never forget, I'll never forget being called in from outside and, and, and walking in the bedroom where, where the TV was, the black and white TV, and I can remember where I was standing. I can remember all, you know, my brothers, my, my family was around, and, and I, was, I can remember uh, seeing that on television. I'll never forget it. Some of you today, I'm not old enough uh, for this, but um, I, it, it happened on the, the, the year that I was born, but some would say the same thing about JFK when he got shot. <clears throat> my mom and dad used to talk about it all the time, even whenever I was a little bit older. And more recently, I'll bet most of you, uh, you, you know exactly where you were when those Twin Towers got hit on 9-11. But as impactful as those things were to us, they don't scratch the surface with the encounter of Christmas. I started thinking about some defining moments in my life, things that when they happened, they happened with such a force that I could mark my whole life by them. Kind of like my own before and after, like my own uh, uh, dividing line for my life. Like, like the greatest decision outside of Jesus, of course, that I ever made by far, I mean, by far was when I purchased my first brand new car. That's a joke. <clears throat> no. no, but it, it was just over 40 years ago when I asked my wife to marry me. And I went from happiness to the most blessed man on earth. And seriously, I'm being serious. I can divide my life by that event. Everything changed. Everything changed for me. 
that's a dividing life in my uh, dividing line in my life. The, the, there was a noticeable difference before and after marriage, Tony. A noticeable difference. <clears throat> before she she got married, she was praying for Prince Charming to sweep her off her feet. After marriage, she was just praying for me to sweep something. <clears throat> before marriage. The couch was a place that we would cuddle every once in a while. Now it's a place where I sleep. <laughs> Before marriage, men don't have a clue about women. And after marriage... <laughs> All right, I'm turning this around. You guys... Another dividing line in my life was having kids. And I'll tell you what, for this group, I don't have to say anymore. Uh, you all are in the middle of that. You know the before and after kids thing uh, and what that's all about. You're all too familiar with that, right? <clears throat> uh, there was sleep, no more sleep. There was money, no more money. There was time, no time. Uh, and, and just being a grandparent, I can tell you, I can sing every Coco Melon song Known to man, if you will. There, there, now, you talk about a dividing line. That's a dividing line right there. <clears throat> and of course, gosh, of course, of course, everything is going to change when you get married. You made vows to seal those changes in. Of course, everything changes when you have kids. If you, if you don't know that before you have kids, you don't need kids. So, so why is it, why is it, and I, I mean this with all of my heart, why is it that some of you have this vague sense of allegiance to God, this vague sense of relationship with God, this vague sense of belief in God? Why, why hasn't it become the dividing life that, that, that marks your life uh, like nothing else has ever marked it? How is it that, that so many can treat Christ so casually? How, how can so many uh, be so casual about the thing, about the one that when he came, split all time in half and saved you, made a way? Listen, when that star moved and stopped over where Christ was born, that was a sign assigned to that ancient world. The, the ones that knew scripture, they knew, they were waiting on the Messiah they're looking for the Messiah. That was a sign for them that with this birth, everything changes from this moment on. Hope for you has arrived. Nothing is the same. So why would it be any different in our experience today? Why, why does so many think that they can have this on again, off again, when, when we feel like it, relationship with God, when Jesus came and he actually said, take up your cross and follow me. And, and, and if you don't hate the sin of this world, you can't love me. That's what he said. I'm confused about a gospel that we preach sometimes that, that really, it really doesn't draw a line anywhere. There's no change. There, there, there's no noticeable difference when it's all said and done. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I believe that the birth of Jesus Christ is so important that it's not just some footnote in your life. It's not just some add-on to whatever else I got going on in life. 
No, it's the thing. It's the thing. There should be a line in your life and, and no one has to tell you, listen to me, no one has to tell you when you cross that line. But, but, but that line, when you, when you say, that, that's, where, that's where I met Christ. That, that, that's, where, that's where the star stopped over me. That's where I bowed my knee. And I'll never forget it. It gave me peace. It gave me, it gave me hope. It changed my family. It changed everything about my family. It changed my life. Maybe a lot of you here have seen the star, but haven't bowed your, bowed your knee and, and, and haven't given your life completely to Jesus. And I know that because that was me. I grew up in church. I, I, I knew the stories. I've I, I, I seen the star, but seeing the star doesn't save you. The message of Jesus, or the message of Christmas, isn't that Jesus has come and everything's all good. The message of Christmas is Jesus has come and all who trust in him and all who believe in him and all those who that they put their faith in, in him, entirely put their faith in him. Those who, who forsake their own ways and, and call on his name shall be saved. And I wanna ask you in this Christmas season, have you crossed that line? Have you crossed that dividing line? This is not me trying to condemn anyone. Jesus he didn't come to condemn. He says that in his word. He, he sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him could be saved. Guys, the law condemns. The law carried with it the penalty of death for those who disobeyed. But when Jesus came, the scripture says that he was full of grace and full of truth. And when we behold his glory as the only begotten of the Father. You see, when Christ came, everything changed. And when Christ comes today into a life, everything changes. You'll, you'll never forget that encounter. You'll never forget it. Maybe God brought you here not just so that you could cross church off of your Christmas season list this year, but maybe God had something bigger in mind for you. Maybe God led you here like that star led the Magi on that day so you could cross over from death to life, cross over from sin to righteousness, cross over from hopelessness to an eternal hope that you just can't even imagine. Have, have you crossed over that line today? H have you had a clear, I mean like a clear, and like you, you know, a clear encounter with Jesus? Where you not only saw the star, but, but you bowed your knee and your heart to him. I believe there's someone listening and God's sending a sign and this message is for you because you've been kind of flirting with that line for a long time and you haven't truly, I mean like truly crossed that yet to say, Jesus, you know what? I want you to be the center of my life and only you. Now, a normal response to this message is to feel guilty and, and ashamed and ashamed of all the things that we know that we're not doing, that we should be doing, and, that, and we start making the list and checking it twice and all that kind of stuff, you know, in our heads. Uh, somebody right now, somebody right now is going, yep, you're right. I need to get it together, Pastor. 
I, I, I need, I, I've got some huge temptations that are happening in my life right now. I, I really need, I really need to get it together. I got stuff going on that nobody else knows about. And so you start making this mental list in your heart and you're going, you know what? I need to get some God in my life. I need to get some religion in my life. I'm, I'm gonna stop doing these things. I'm gonna stop lying. I'm gonna stop throwing the F-bomb out there. I'm gonna stop you know, uh, going to these places and I'm gonna stop going to those websites. And, and, and you make this list and the list's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and full. And, and then you say, you know what? If I'm gonna do all that, well, I gotta start reading my Bible. I gotta start praying now. I gotta start spending some more time with my family. I gotta start spending some more time serving the Lord. And, and you know what you've just done? You've just went back to the law. To the way that things, listen to me very closely, to the way that things were before Christ ever came. As if Christ didn't even come. As if Christmas never happened. See, you negate the reason Christ came to begin with by doing that. Because that's how it was before Christ. Yep, you, you stop this, you start that, and you're good with God. You sacrifice a bull and a goat, you sacrifice an ox, a pigeon, a dove, or whatever, and, and, you, and you do it every other year or every year, and your sin might get rolled back for another year. You keep the law, you get to God. You do right, you're justified. You do wrong, you're condemned. That's the way it was with the law. And guys, that's the way it is with religion today. And that's why. I believe, I believe that's why so many haven't crossed over. They're carrying all that with them. Because you still think that crossing over is about something that you still need to do. But the message of Christmas is you don't cross over by something you do. You cross over because of something he's already done. The the, The cradle was significant because it pointed to the cross. Uh, what the star announced in Matthew chapter two, the cross accomplished in Luke chapter 23. Because on the cross, he truly, listen to me very closely, on the cross, he truly makes a difference in you and I. When he hung on that cross and he died, that's when he made a way for you and me. In Luke chapter 23, 44, it says, it was about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. Listen to this, for the sun stopped shining. He was born, the star moves and stops. He dies and the sun stops shining. And then it goes on to say, maybe even more importantly than all that, it also says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Shall we stand together? If I could just have your attention for just a couple more minutes as we close out here today. To complete the message of Christmas is to say that the cross, everybody say the cross, cross. is the real dividing line for us. I believe that a lot of you have done a lot of good things in your life. And guys, I'm not talking about good things and bad things. I'm not talking about good people and bad people. I'm talking about the cross where Jesus hung and died. And I'm talking about forgiveness for your sins. And I'm talking about the condition of your heart. 
Guys, what if God has stopped the star over your life today? Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of crazy going on in my life right now. And guys, it's been crazy. These past two years have been crazy for many of us. And yet God called us all together this Christmas season. And, and, and if he stopped the star, guys, if he stopped the star for the Magi from the east so that they could come to a place where Christ was there and they could worship him, could it be possible that he's designed, that he's planned, that he's crafted this very moment for you? That he sees, knows your sin. He, he knows the, the Bible says he knows the thoughts and intentions. You don't even have to speak it. He knows what you're thinking right now. That he's already been in your past. already seen your future. And the thing that he's asking you today is to believe. I, I'm not talking about just saying the word believe. I'm talking about getting on the camel, believe. To believe enough to seek after him. To believe enough to take action. To believe enough to follow after him. Can we all just bow our heads, close our eyes all across this building? <clears throat> Please, just out of respect for everybody else, if you could just you know, bow your heads and close your eyes. Today, he's asking for you to believe. This is such an important concept that we must push through the normality of the word belief and how we use it every day. It's such an important thing that I'm sharing with you right now. Because when you, listen to me, when you truly believe, I mean believe enough to cross over. When you finally believe enough to make, take some action, when you finally believe enough in your heart, you, like, I, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Right then, right then, he'll meet you in love. He'll meet you in mercy. He'll meet you in, in his infinite grace. He won't just meet you. He'll bridge the divide for you. You see, every other religion says, stop that, start this, and you're in. What the scripture says is, if you will believe this, that Christ died and rose again, and if you'll trust in this fact with all of your heart 
and declare with your life that he is Lord. Listen, he knows you. He knows all about you. He knows the stuff that you wish you hadn't done. He knows the peace that you don't have today. He knows the heaviness that you're carrying. He knows the struggles that you're going through. He knows the way you're going to react to them. He knows the things that you're going to say this afternoon and the ways that you're going to react to your coworker tomorrow. He knows all that, and yet he still shouted. He shouted a message from the cross just for you when he hollered out, it is finished. What the star started, the cross finished. It's over. It's finished. Your sin can be over. Your your shame that you're carrying can be over. Hear me today. We all stand in need of the same grace of the cross of Jesus Christ. Have you crossed over that dividing line today? Do you know in the depths of your heart today that your relationship with God is right today? Do you know because of the work that Jesus Christ has already done for you? That's why this experience is called being born again. Because when it happens, no one has to tell you guys. In fact, you're telling everybody else. Because everything changes when you encounter Jesus.